Welcome to Elite Team Athletics Podcast. Be sure to check us out on iHeartRadio and Apple Podcasts. Click that subscribe button and leave a comment. Anyways, I got my guy Q and Troy in here. I'm your host, Kyle Coglatori, and let's get right into it. We got Trey Waynes, Super Bowl Trey Waynes in the building today. What's up, Trey? What's up? How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited to have you on the show, man. It's 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 got to be kind of bittersweet. With all the crazy media attention you got when you left the Vikings, now going to Cincinnati, you've also had to deal with injuries like crazy right now, but now you're in the Super Bowl, bro. Like, nobody thought the Bengals... You guys had the same percentages as Jacksonville Jaguars to make the Super Bowl this year. (laughs) Who's in the Super Bowl? Vegas was dead-ass wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's why you have all those experts that, you know, know what they're talking about half the time (laughs) what's it been like what's the what's the circus like is it just a roller coaster you don't want to get off uh like what part i don't know i've never been to the super bowl i know nothing like just the super bowl super bowl the playoffs everything dude this has just been a crazy journey right um it has been honestly uh it's, I mean, it just goes back to that any given Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Like, any team can do it. Um, you know, it just so happened that, you know, we got the right group of guys, you know, together that, you know, are believing in the system. And, you know, everything's just been, you know, working our way. So we just got to try to take advantage of it. Is it – would you say – I mean, a lot of people say Zach Taylor is just so young. Would you say because he's young, he's able to connect with the players in a different way than some of these older coaches are? I think so. Um, you know, it's funny because, you know, we talked about this in the last interview I just did. But, um, I mean, every coach is different. But, uh, you know, that was part of the reason why, you know, I came here. Obviously because of, you know, the money money as well. But also because, you know, just dealing with, you know, this style of coaching, um, you know, between him and, you know, Coach Lou and, you know, the rest of the staff, like, they're players, coaches. And, you know, I, I know you guys being in Minnesota, you probably heard a lot of the, you know, backlash that, you know, Zim's getting and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, you know, I didn't, I didn't experience that when I was there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, obviously, like, with my position coaches and, you know, some, you know, others around the building. But, you know, a lot of it starts, you know, from the top. And, um, you know, I, I mean, Q knows because me and him are real close. But, like, you know, I would never expect Zim to text me outside of, or, like, even talk to me outside of, you know, football. Like, or even shoot me a text. And, like, um, you know, just some examples. Like, even, you know, when I got hurt, you know, like, you know, uh, coaches here texting me. Or when I got COVID, they were texting me. Or, you know, when, you know, my wife's, you know, having our third kid, they were texting me. And even when, you know, we were moving here from Minnesota and all those riots were going on, you know, Coach Taylor texted me, hey, like, you know, do you have any family or friends in Minnesota? Like, are they okay? And, like, I remember looking at my phone, I looked at, you know, my wife, I'm like, the fuck? Like, he's, like, <laughs> texting me, like, you know, saying, you know, I'm not used to that. Like, I'm, like, my my position coaches, you know, they would text me, but, like, from the top, like, the head man, I'm like, he's going never do this shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it was, it was weird. And, like, you know, I'm not knocking him. Like, that's his style, whatever, cool, I get it, it's a business, but, 
you know, that's part of, you know, what drew me here was just because, you know, how much they were relating to the players and how much you could see that they care. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, that's something I was never used to. Like, if I was, like, hurt or something, like, hey, you know, how you doing? You okay? Like, yeah, like, I'm cool. <laughs> I'm not used to that, but, you know, it's, it's cool. I think, you know, I think a lot of guys, you know, appreciate that, and you know, I think it just brings a different level of respect. Because if you look at a lot of the coaches having success in today's league, a lot of them are young. Like, look at McVay. He's young, too. So I, I think that you're starting to see a new a new trend in the league, and um, I th- think that just goes with, you know, the style of football that's being played as well. What I was, was going to say to that, bro, is uh, I, used to, I used to play basketball professionally, and when you have a coach that – well, first of all, you want things to feel genuine. First of all, you don't you don't want to you don't want to feel like you're just you know punching the clock. But when 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 someone can show that interest outside of the game, you know, take time out of their day because you both got the same type of schedule, it it, it makes you want to kind of run through a wall for a guy. You know, it's not when it doesn't just feel like business. I feel like that's when you got real action. That's when guys are really buying in. That's when guys are really playing like their hairs on fire, trying to trying to achieve a goal for you. Mm-hmm. And that's something, you know, I experienced in college, um, you know, and that's something I talked about with a lot of my friends, too. It's like, because, you know, my college coaches were, you know, they were awesome. You know, I love those guys. I still have a really good relationship with all of them. I actually just talked to, you know, Coach Antonio the other day. Um, and, like, you know, what I what I would always say is you don't, you don't only want to win for yourself, but you want to win for them, too, because, yeah. you know, they're in your corner. And, you know, that's that was the feeling you know, I got in college and the feeling I got you know, here, coming here as well. Especially in college because those guys recruited you. You have other guys recruiting mm-hmm. you, but whoever you signed with, obviously you had, you had, you felt something about that. And I saw an interview you did on YouTube when you were, uh, I think you were getting ready to leave Michigan State and you were basically thanking the fans. And I thought that was super cool because I was the kind of guy that would sit and sign every autograph in college, in the pros, overseas, because I remembered how it felt when I was a kid looking up to Chris Webber and Larry Johnson, some of the guys that I got to meet when I was a kid. And I was thinking to myself when I was watching the interview, like this guy, and I didn't know a lot about you before that, but I was thinking to myself, this guy is someone that's easy to root for because not only are you giving your heart and soul on the field, but also too, you care about the people in the stands. You know, you care about the kids, the people that are paying their hard-earned money to come see you. Another thing I I was thinking when I was watching you is that not too many corners really be trying to smack like you be trying to smack on the field. Like, no, you I, see, but when I saw Kyle, when I saw your notes talking about uh, he was a linebacker back in the day, I'm like, oh, that makes Playing sense. Everywhere. Right, because because not a lot of corners really be out there trying to smack and got hands. A lot of corners don't got hands like that either, which is why they're corners, not receivers. So I was looking like, man, this dude really catches the ball and he's smacking like, because I didn't know a whole lot about you before before uh, Kyle told me about this. But when I was looking, I said, man, this dude's really out here getting busy. Yeah, I mean, to that point, I feel like that's kind of, I think that style of play caught up to me. Uh, just hence injuries, you know, my sure. recent injuries and stuff like that. And, you know, my body feels like shit. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, I ain't, even, I ain't really been able to play the last two years because of injuries. And I'm like, I'm like, why is this, you know, happening now? I don't know if it's age, but it's like, you know, the injuries I'm getting, I'm like, I never would have had, ever thought I would have had these injuries. And it's like, damn, like, maybe my shit's just catching up to me how, you know, how I used to play. Because, I mean, in Minnesota, like, we – well, college, Minnesota, whatever, high school, but you know, we played like you were, if you if you weren't gonna 
tackle, like, you weren't going to play, basically. And, like, you know, I remember in college, like, we did hitting drills every single day. And, like, even in Minnesota, like, they they wanted you in the, like, to fill the hole in the box, too. So it's like, you had to come downhill, shit like that. So it's like, which is fine. Like, my trainers hated it. Cause, like, uh, you know, after Sundays, he'd be like, man, I hate watching you play the run. I hate watching you play the run. Cause, like, naturally, my mindset is go. And, like, I think that's, you know, that's helped me just because, like, I'd rather tackle somebody than cover somebody. <laughs> just, just, you know what I'm saying? That's just how I am. That's how I'm built. Like, growing up, I always used to watch, like, Ray Lewis, you know, Brian Dawkins, like, hitters. So, like, that's just naturally my mentality. But, you know, unfortunately, I think that style of play is starting to catch up on me just because how my body's feeling. I have to take extra time. How you know, old are you? Money. So I'm about to be 30. Okay. 30. Crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it worked out, but I think I'm feeling it on the back end a little bit. Well, I want to I mean, say, not, I, I don't want to say you're lucky because if you're lucky, you never got hurt. But I'm glad you got the bag when you got the bag. It was well-deserved. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, some people. <laughs> seven concussions later. It's, <laughs> but it's some people don't even get to that point. Like, the injuries get them too quick. So that's, mm-hmm. that's in a roundabout way a blessing. So I'm glad you got that. Um, Kyle, not even, not even in a roundabout <laughs> way. Because, uh, first of all, <laughs> you go to work to get paid. You're getting paid well, cause me, I had I had two surgeries in college on my knees, and I had my third one after my rookie year, and that messed my my second bag totally up. And then there's a lot of guys that were putting the same work that you were putting in. They got hurt in high school, college, like so. I feel what you're saying. I trust me, I get it. But bro, to get the bag before you start feeling like you know some old socks, it is a <laughs> blessing. Oh yeah, I didn't seen it. I, I got a couple of friends actually. You that, already know. I know you know. Well, I mean, because that's why I left Michigan State when I did, because it's like, I'm not going to come back and fuck around and get hurt, mess up my draft stock. Because I know uh, when I was coming out, there was me and this other corner, Ifo Ekpre Olamu or something like that. He played at Oregon. And it was like me and him for the top, you know, corners. And he ended up blowing out his knee in the bowl game. But he had came back. So he had came back. He, he could have left the year before, but he came back to try to improve his draft stock, then blew out his knee. Still got drafted, but he never ended up playing a snap. And then my other boy said he got drafted first round to the Bengals, actually. But he blew his knee out, you know, in the bowl game. So it's like, man, you know, a lot of times, like, the big thing is if you have a chance, go. Because if you come back, you're just increasing the risk of injury. That's it. Well, I mean, the other crazy thing, too, because we talked. I mean, your last episode you came on. Like, you were going where you were getting paid. That was the goal of free agency. You want to take care of your family long-term. Um, and you went to the Bengals. And a lot of people on the internet were giving you flack for going to a team that was completely rebuilding. Two years later, you're in the Super Bowl, man. Like, mm. nobody thought this. This is crazy. And I remember I remember Q and you were, were going back and forth. He was razzing you about, about betting against the Bengals, and you were like, Oh man, our defense is pretty good, bro. <laughs> right off the jump, that was the beginning of the season. Q, let, let's hear how that all went down. Let's get let's get these takes. It's actually interesting because um, this past week I was just doing some like old you know listening, and I went back to some of our you know old episodes and seeing that Trey was our first episode, you know, with our you know podcast. I re-listened to it, and he was saying you know obviously Cincinnati's rebuilding this and that. And 
obviously no one would have ever thought that you know they would have made the run that they made. Obviously, every game we can look at the lines, we see that they're the underdog, but we know what type of team they are. I just want to ask you this, Trey. Do you guys just, like, play around with teams until the second half? And then what's that locker room talk like at halftime? Um, Honestly, like, so, I mean, no, nah, we don't <laughs> nah, we don't play around. But, you know, we go over <laughs> the game plan. And I think what we're able to do that, you know, I don't think other teams have been necessarily well at is making adjustments at halftime. Um, you know, we'll go in with a game plan. And, um, you know, our coaches do a really good job coming in at halftime you know, seeing what they're giving us and, you know, making adjustments off of that. And, um, you know, that's something I don't think other teams have, you know, really done a good job with. Uh, I mean, like I said, I'm not I'm not going to, you know, talk down on other coaches or teams, but, I mean, just look at the playoff games that we've been in. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, the Raiders, you know, that was a good game. Tennessee, that was a good game. But it's like, you know, if you look at Kansas City, it's like, the second half, they completely went away from what they were doing the first half. And, like, my thing is I don't think they they made adjustments off our adjustments the right way. Like, we made adjustments, but I don't think they made the correct adjustments off of the adjustments we made to be able to, you know, sustain, you know, that lead that they had. And then, you know, we were just able to capitalize on turnovers and, you know, take advantage of the opportunities that we were given. And to me, bro, that's what coaching is because every team – has has you know you got your couple of days of practice right or whatever but if it doesn't work what are you gonna do what are you gonna do at halftime how are you gonna adjust like i think about how many games i lost in my career because the coach had no secondary plan you know mm -hmm. what i mean and in football you're doing one game a week why wouldn't you have another plan and another plan at least two or three plans you know what i mean mm -hmm. i feel like that's what separates coaches in every single sport what are you going to do at halftime how are you going to make adjustments yeah and i think you know our Lou does a really good job of doing that. Like, cause I was even talking to, you know, my physician coach about this the other day. Like it's hard to say what, you know, we're really good at on defense just because we have so many different looks and schemes. Like we're not really consistent in what we do. Like we have consistent, you know, plays that we run, but you know, we're always throwing different looks at teams and different formations and stuff like that. And it's hard to get a read on, you know, what our main, you know, coverage is. And that's that's probably what messes everybody up the most. I mean, the QB hasn't seen it enough, and they're always caught on guard, they're always guessing. Yeah, you exactly. Can't, you can't stop. It that. makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense why they're having success. Helps having that pass rush though, too. Oh, for sure. Man, that kid's a beast. Starts up front. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, on top of that too, what what has the media side of it been like? Like, so you fly out tomorrow. I know the reason why I bring this up is Alishon Jeffrey. He had that famous quote when he was here for Minnesota, and everybody's asking him if he enjoyed it. And he goes, "Dude, I play football on Sundays. Like, I don't care." And they're like, "Well, Justin Timberlake's here," and he's like, "He's just Justin to me. He's not like yeah. I'm a celebrity too. He's not. He's not. Mm. Not that I don't like his music, but he's mm -hmm. he's just Justin to me. I just want to play yeah. football. I don't want to waste my time talking to you guys." No, nah, for real. Um, I mean, I don't give a shit about the media, anyways, for real. But, um. No, it's funny you say that just because this halftime show is Eminem. And, like, you know, my girl's from Detroit, and she's all, she's all excited. She's like, I'm more excited to see that. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, no, but it's, it's funny to see because it's like, you know, I don't want to say, like, normal people, but I would, I would say, like, people that aren't in this lifestyle, like, I can get, you know, their excitement from it just because, you know, it's something they're not used to. But, like, you know, Alshon was saying it's like, you know, 
I've been there. I've seen guys like that, you know, up front in person, met them. So it's like, yeah, that's cool. But at the end of the day, like, I'm going there for a job. Like, if I saw him, like, outside of it, like, okay, that would be a different story. But, you know what I'm saying? It's like, if you really think about it, we're performing in the exact same setting. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's performing at our game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so it's just like, I, I get it. But, you know, at the same time, it's like there's a lot bigger things that, you know, we have on our mind other than, you know, a halftime show or a celebrity. Because, I mean, it's in L.A., so I can't. how many celebrities do you think are going to be there? Like, the whole stadium is going to be full of celebrities. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, all right. So just gotta, you just got to remain focused. I just, I just want to see a player say, we're, we're the real show that everybody's coming to see. That's what I want to see. I want to hear that from somebody. Say, nobody, they're coming to watch the game. Super Bowl is just I mean, the, That's, the that's already known. I mean, look at look at Sunday, all the stadiums that are packed out. Nobody's there to see the person singing the national anthem or whatever halftime show there is. So, what What is the big difference between this team and previous teams you've been on? Um... I would say the biggest difference is I wouldn't say necessarily the players um, just because I was fortunate enough to be on, you know, teams with, you know, players that all had the same goal that, you know, all got aligned that were really close, you know, that, you know, were believed in each other, communicated well, stuff like that. I would just say it just starts up top from the top. Uh, you know, Zach, you know, I touched on this earlier. I think Zach, you know, the coaching staff as a whole, they do a really good job of, you know, setting up the players for success and, you know, just being able to relate to us. And like I said, we're not in the locker room, you know, or like around the facility, like avoiding, you know, which coach we run into because we don't want to like talk to them or like just cross paths with them. It's like, you know, we're, we're always talking to each other. Like, hey, coach, how you doing? Just talking about like random things, whatever. So it's just, it's more of a family atmosphere rather than, you know, a business, you know what I'm saying? Or like a workplace. So is it, and I, I know you're even keel. You don't get too high, too low. But is it crazy? You've been in situations where it came down to a kick. Y'all got a kicker. <laughs> Y'all got a kicker with some with some stones too, man. That boy don't yeah, don't mess legit. around. And he's legit. And um, you know it's awesome to see that. And because uh, you know I've been on teams where we've had rookie kickers, you know, struggling. You know, they end up getting cut and go somewhere else, and then they have you know a lot of success. Daniel Carlson. Um, yeah, I mean, he's balling for the Raiders, though. Like, he's going crazy. But, um, you know, it's crazy that, you know, to see him come in and, you know, have the confidence he has. And, you know, he, he looks like a vet. You would think he's a vet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, the other thing that I keep hearing, too, I know you keep saying you're on a, a tight-knit teams, good relationships with the players, um, all trying to go after the same goal. But a lot of things fall onto a quarterback. And right now, obviously, we're a Minnesota podcast, and I'm not trying to dog Kirk or anything, but he gets a lot of bad media saying that he can't elevate to the next level. And people that are being brought up are obviously Joe Burrow. You know, not your last game, the game before that, that guy got sacked nine times. Yeah. He got up, he didn't complain. He went Mm -hmm. to the next play, kept going. Is is it something like that that – Everybody, it helps elevate everybody around you. Everybody sees that. And then, you know, it, like you said, you go to war for somebody. Yeah, I think that helps too. But, you know, I think Joe is having a lot of success um, just because he's in a system that fits him. And I, you know, and I think Zach does a good job of, 
you know, tailoring the offense to, you know, not only his strengths, but, you know, the other, you know, personnel on the field with him. And, you know, I don't think Kirk had that luxury. You know, he was in a, he was on a team with a defensive minded head coach. Um, to where, you know, here we have, you know, offensive minded head coach, you know, who played quarterback. So he understands, you know, a lot what, you know, Joe sees and what he goes through. And, you know, I, I think that plays a big part in it as well. But I, you know, I think Joe's just, you know, different, you know, he's, he's a hell of a quarterback. He, he checks all the boxes and, you know, his, his mindset's out of his world. And I think that's something, you know, that, you know, he really has going for him. That's what, uh, that's what I, I was going to say, that kind of, too. I, I think Buddy's on a different level. Uh, even when you look at his little story, you know, leaving Ohio State, getting that opportunity, maximizing in college, maximizing here. I just think he has a chip on his shoulder that not too many guys really have. And at quarterback, I don't think you really see a lot of guys with a chip on their shoulder like that. I don't even think most guys will be capable of playing quarterback with a chip on their shoulder like that. But I, I think I think you guys definitely got a, 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 a stud. Yeah, and, like, it's, 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 it's a fine line between, you know, people like, like that, you know, being considered cocky and confident or whatever. But, like, uh, I don't know if I told Q this. But I, I remember it was Jacksonville because we played Jacksonville. It was pretty tight. They came down to the wire, and, you know, defense had a big stop. And then I remember Joe got the ball, and he drove it down and, you know, field goal range. I remember I was on the bench. You know, because we had just came off, and the field goal team was coming on, and Joe was walking off, and uh, he was walking past our bench. He looked at me, and said, "Trey, just give me the ball, and I'm gonna get it done." And then we ended up kicking the game-winning field goal. I'm like, "Okay, okay," because <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was just walking past. And I looked up. He's like, "Give me the ball, Trey. I'll do the rest." And I'm like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. You know, I mean, just, you know, the confidence he has is awesome. And, like, just the poise. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think, you know, the pressure really gets to him just because, you know, the type of environments he's used to playing in anyways. So, um, you know, I, I think he's going to be a great quarterback for a long time in this league. And, you know, it's going to be fun to watch. And it sounds like your coach fosters, like, his mentality. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, it sounds like, and you, you know, man, you play sports at the highest level. Everything is situation. And after the situation, it's opportunity. It sounds like he hasn't been in a situation outside of Ohio State where you got some coach trying to smother his talent or smother his mentality. It's like they're just fostering it, like mm -hmm. it's just, just making the fire keep burning. And as long as he can stay injury-free, man, sky's the limit for that dude. Yeah. And I, like, I also think that's why, you know, a lot of the guys on this team are having success because you're not getting those coaches that are like, you have to play this way and this way only. Smothering you know, your game. The, yeah, they're letting guys play to their abilities, their strengths, even though they may not like it, but they're having success doing it, so they're letting it slide. Yeah. Hugh, you were saying something. I was just going to say, just like that duo, obviously they go back to uh, LSU, but, you know, obviously Burrow and Chase, like the combination, just the you know, the confidence those two have in each other. And I'm excited to see this Ramsey versus Chase matchup mm -hmm. because obviously they don't need to double since Ramsey's that guy. But, mm -hmm. but we'll see. Chase, Chase is also that guy, so I'm excited. Man, th that's another one. They got all that scrutiny for even taking him. That's the part that blows my mind. They're telling him to grab pits. They're telling him to grab a line lineman. Like, well, it's funny because we, Q, we was in Vegas, right? We were in Vegas. That was, I think, that was the first yeah. day we got. First day we got. Like, yeah. I don't know if you remember, but I, I told you they were taking Chase. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, because he was like, who do you think they take? I was like, we're going to take Chase. And I told him why. And the thing is, it was like, again, you get all these professional experts outside of the game that think, you know, they know what they're talking about and what teams should do. But it's like, you know, I, I told him, like, they're going to take Chase, and this is why, and da 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 And it's like, it ended up going that way, but it's like, you get all these people that, you know, are all about analytics and all this other stuff, and it's like, man, y'all really don't know what y'all talking about. Y'all got right a couple times, and now you think you know how, you know, everything's going to go and how it's run. But it's like, this is this is funny to see that day in, day out, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you even get people saying, you know, Aaron Rodgers is this, Aaron Rodgers is that, or people said it about Stafford, and like, look at look at what they've done. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, I don't know. You're always going to get people that think they know what they're talking about when it comes to certain situations. But, you know, it's it's, it's, a, it's a repeating cycle. <laughs> well, be, be, being an expert in defense, though, explain to, to the average person who's listening why Chase is so important to have because he's causing them the defense to, if they are going to come at Joe, then they got to do single coverage on your receivers. If he's getting, what, two and a half, three seconds to get him the ball, I like the odds. Well, but think about this, though. So you already have two good receivers at T. Higgins and Boyd. You have a good running back and you have a good quarterback. So why wouldn't you get another receiver to create mismatches all across the field and steal alignment in the second? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like very – I mean, yeah, you have you could get a generational alignment, whatever, whatever, but – you could also get a really good lineman in the second. You know what I'm saying? So why wouldn't you get somebody with that chemistry with your franchise quarterback, create mismatches? Because who are you going to double? You're going to double Chase? Okay, that leaves Boyd in the middle against the linebacker. Cool. You're going to double T. Higgins? That's cool. He'll just go up top and, you know, have a crazy catch like he did against Baltimore and double – like, I mean, it's pick it. It's all about matchups. You know what I'm saying? And you got to think, if you have a receiver that can win one-on-one the majority of the time, because you got to think, the line, they work together. You know what I'm saying? So they're going to always have help. But if you can have a receiver that can win his one-on-one matchups, that just creates problems. Yeah, what do I know? What do I know? You know everything. That's why I want the insight. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, that's what I would do. I mean, hey. And, and here's, here's the crazy thing. You know, you get a firsthand eye <laughs> in practice. You're going against Chase. You're going against T. You're going against Tyler. Um, how, how nuts are they? You know, people people don't realize, like, they're young. And, and, I mean, there's a lot of hype that Jamar could be one of the greatest. He could be the next Jerry Rice. There's a lot of hype behind that. But I, I feel like that overshadows how good T is. And T is a very good receiver. Mm, no, I mean, they're all really good. And, you know, we, we, we would go up against them, you know, in camp and, like, spring ball. But, like, once the season starts, we don't really see that much. Like, you, like we'll go against, you know, scout offense. They'll go against scout defense, stuff like that. But, um, you know, you can see early on, um, especially, like, in camp and stuff like that, especially Chase, you know, he just had to find his, like, his footing, his game, like, his style of play. And you could see over the course of camp, you know, him coming into that. You know, at first, I mean, because I think he he set out a year or two uh, of college. So it's like, you know, just getting back into the feel of it. And, you know, the style, how you play in college is different how you play in the NFL. Like, so, I, like, but you can see towards the end of camp, like he's, you know, getting his game. You know what I'm saying? How he how he plays the game, his style of playing. You know, it took off. And you know, it's funny to see a lot of people like, oh, he's a bust because you know he dropped balls in practice. Well, everybody does that. 
You know what I'm saying? It's just the only difference is, you know, he was a first rounder, so he just has a little more media media attention behind him. But it's just like, you know, nobody's fucking perfect. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what camp's for, to get all those kinks out. And, um, you know, just, I think, you know, like I said, you know, all three of those guys at receiver, you have uh, Joe and Joe in the backfield. That's dangerous because they're all coming into their own style of play. And, you know, Tyler's already established, you know, so it's like, you know, they're just feeding off each other at this point. Well, and then you got, I mean, Jamar, you know, put some gasoline on that fire, saying, well, the ball's different. That was that was a good look. Yeah, but he didn't even, he, it was just stupid because they asked him, like, what were the differences you noticed, you know, in the NFL from college? He's like, I just noticed the laces were a little different and the, it didn't have the stripe. He didn't say it was an excuse. He just oh, I thought it was awesome. answered I, the I question and then they spun it. And it's just, you know, I've been a part of that too. Like, you know, that's part of the reason why I hate the media because, like, I remember, you know, my rookie year, uh, you know, I was talking to somebody and they asked about me and Melvin's relationship. And I, I had told him about a funny story that me and him talked about to where Melvin said, cause he was a big Adrian Peterson fan. And he was asking me all these questions about AP, like, Oh, what's he do? How's he do this? Da, da, da. And then he had ended up saying, damn, I sound like an AP groupie. And I had said that in the interview, but then the reporter came out and said that I called him an AP groupie. And that was the headline. I'm like, nah, bro. Like, I ain't. So I told our PR person, I said, like, I'm not talking to him no more. I'm not fucking with no media. Because like, I didn't even say that shit. But it's just crazy how they spend things just to, you know, get viewers and stuff like that. And, you know, that's part of the reason why I don't even like media anyways. Because it's like, you really don't know their intentions. Because it's like, their job is to get people to come, you know, read their shit and whatever, no matter what. So it's like, I mean, if you see it all the time, you see little headlines on, you know, Facebook, Twitter. And it's like the headline has nothing to do with the article or what's even in the article. It's just to grab your attention and get you to read it. Clickbait. So just, yeah, clickbait. So it's just, you know, I just try to stay away from that shit for real. <laughs> what, what's, what's been the, uh, I mean, we've seen it a ton. There's, I mean, Julius Randle just did it last week where a dude was saying all your names, headlines for trades. And he goes, who said it? And the reporter, I, it's everybody's been saying. It. He goes, "Who, who wrote it?" Mm-hmm. Guy couldn't say it. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Yeah, okay." I think the guy's name was like Frank or Jim. He's like, "Yeah, okay, maybe go check your sources, Frank." But I mean, yeah. that would be that would be annoying on the day to day. Oh, it's terrible because everybody everybody's like, especially in today's age with like camera phones and all that shit. It's just like it's easy to take something out of context when, when somebody says something like I, I got into it with somebody the other day because they had said something on a picture that someone posted and then they pulled up a screenshot from over a year. I showed Q from over a year ago. And I'm like, bro, I didn't, first of all, I didn't even say that. You're just taking it out of context and then you're judging me as a person and you don't even know the whole backstory. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and I told, I was like, just because I don't post like things I do in the community and stuff like that online for attention doesn't mean I'm not doing something behind the scenes, but since I don't post about it, you don't know about it, but you're just going to judge me off of something that there's somebody else's opinion. Like this is, I don't know. Unfortunately, I, that's I, the era we live in, man. You know, it is, it is, but you know, that's why I just try to stay away from it. Just because, yeah. like I said, you can't please everybody. Everybody's always going to have some issue. Like, I, I could be on this interview and somebody could be like, oh, you're sitting too close to the camera. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little stupid shit like that. So, 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just, man, there's always going to be something wrong with something, so. That's true. Well, when you win the Super Bowl, which, by the way, I'm going to win 400 bucks when you do, but when you win the Super Bowl, what are you doing after this? How are you celebrating? Are you going to take a long-ass vacation or what? Which I wish. No, nah, I mean, shit, I'll probably, I'll probably make a couple trips, but, I mean, it's just, I mean, I got kids, man. I got kids. I got a business. I got, you know, other other priorities. So it's like, unfortunately, you know, I'm, I'm going to celebrate, but unfortunately it probably won't be long lasted just because I got other things I got to get done. Like, you know, I, I got to, yeah, I mean, this it's a lot. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me you are going to mix in some work with play, and by that I mean go hunting at your 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 spots. Well, I mean, I, I'll be there, but I'll be working. <laughs> but, you know, I've, I enjoy it, so, you know, I wouldn't mind that. What I, I mean, okay, Trey, what is the biggest thing you're looking forward to this weekend? And I, I mean this in the sense you played Matthew Stafford twice a year for many years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know Maddie pretty well. Yeah, and it, it's you know it sucks being against him because like he's a guy like you know you want to root for. Because I like Matt, you know me and him have talked you know quite a bit whenever after our games and stuff like that. So it's like you know we're real familiar with each other, and it's like damn, like you want to root for him, but it's like well you're not rooting for him this time just because <laughs> you know because he he came from a crazy situation, you know, and you got to respect it. And you know it's almost like a Tom Brady situation where it's like oh like. You know, it's not, you know, he's really not that good. He's really not that good, but look where he was at. You know what I'm saying? Then he came here, obviously, to a better a better team, but look at the success, the success he's having now compared to when he was in Detroit just because he was trying to stick it out for, you know, that city. And then even Tom Brady, they're like, oh, he can't win outside of, you know, the Belichick system. So it's like, again, people just find ways to try to bring somebody down no matter how good they are, but... No, it, it would be cool. You know, I'm I'm just excited for the experience, honestly, and uh, just try to take it all in. Well, I've heard a lot of comparisons, too. That I'm not going to say that Matthew Stafford is Aaron Rodgers, but people have said no. that he does a lot of things that, that like, Mahomes has done, that Rodgers has done. And, and by that, I mean that, that no-look passing stuff. Like, he, he's yeah. very – I mean, like, and a lot of people don't know that because he was with the Lions, and nobody was covering the Lions that way. They weren't getting the hype because they weren't winning. But I mean, well, just look at the market he's in. Look at the market he came from. He came from Detroit to LA. So it's just like, yeah, he's not going to get the recognition. I mean, it was the same way, like in Minnesota and like even here. Like, they're not big market teams. It's not like we're the Cowboys or, you know, the the, the Chiefs. Like, just shit like that. So, I mean, a lot of guys aren't going to get a lot of respect they deserve just because of, uh, you know, the popularity. But like I said, I. He's probably the best two-minute quarterback I've ever seen. Like, he used to dice us up in two-minute in Minnesota. But, like, you know, was, I, I always had respect for him. But, unfortunately, he didn't get as much as he deserved just because of the franchise he was in. How hard is it to game plan for a guy like him? I mean, it's just like every other week, honestly. I'm not saying, you know, he's not, you know, great or whatever. But, you know, you got to treat every game the same and every week the same and, you know, not make something – bigger than what it really is, okay. you know, because you're not, you're not going to win the game by doing something extraordinary. You're going to win the game by, you know, doing your job and, you know, just being consistent. I, I, I mean, your guys' offense is just as much over-the-top powerful as or high-octane as the Rams. I mean, with OBJ, Cup, Cup is going to be 
very tough. I mean, that kid's pretty damn good, and OBJ is still OBJ. Um, but I, I really think Stafford, like, clearly there was a difference between Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford. And, and we're seeing why. I mean, they're in the Super Bowl this year because of how well Matt Stafford has played. Um, it, it's going to be interesting, too, especially something that, I mean, it's not something that you're going to have a connection with as much because he was there before you, but I'm guessing there's still some people in the locker room, probably the front office even, that are going to be looking at Andrew Whitworth, who is somebody who was with the Bengals for a very, very long time, and to see him on the opposite side of the field when he was trying to help the Bengals get to that point. Mm. Um, that's got to be kind of a weird thing, too. I feel like this is the first Super Bowl in a long time where everybody's just happy for either team, and it's going to be dope to see either team win. And yeah. I, I can't say that that's been that way. No, no, it really isn't. And, like, it's just – I've seen that, too. It's really interesting. You got – like, I saw something that said, you know, you actually have a Super Bowl with two quarterbacks that, you know, you're cheering for both of them, you know, and it's just – Oh, it's kind of cool to see. Yeah, it's way better than, you know, all the years people were begging the Pats to lose. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Fuck that. We cheering for Joe. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I had a, a last question pretty much. I know, obviously, you, you said you were flying out tomorrow. Uh, what's the, I guess, leading up to the Super Bowl, what's the itinerary looking like? You guys got a lot of things going on as far as, like, media appearances and whatever, or you guys got some time to kind of just – relax and you know enjoy uh, LA for a little bit obviously I know you told me personally that you're gonna head to the the Laker game tomorrow versus the you know our hometown Bucks. so yeah. that'll be that'll be cool to watch Bron and AD and Giannis so that'll be good um I don't really know we didn't get our schedule yet when we get out there like I'm assuming uh you know we're gonna keep you know a similar schedule like for practice and stuff like that I know we're gonna have um, I think nighttime a little bit for, uh, you know, more free time, but I, I do know the media stuff won't be as heavy for everybody just because of the whole COVID stuff. Um, that's one thing they, they talked about the other day. They were like, you know, we're going to, media is going to be a little different than what it normally is, uh, just because of all the COVID protocol and stuff like that. So people will still have media, but I don't think it will be as crazy for everybody. Um, like it normally is, I think it will just be like select people and, you know, let's try to get that done. That's cool. That y'all, y'all can kind of chill and not have to be in the spotlight the entire day and, and all that. So, one time we saying shout out to COVID, so y'all ain't have to do as much media. But headache <laughs> with that shit too. Yeah, like you can't even get to the game unless like they're making everybody either be vaccinated or have a negative. Like it's crazy. Like, even the kids. So it's just. Are they, I mean, this is something I want to know personally, because I, I, just knowing you, I don't think you care at all. Like, I don't even think this is something you think about. But I wonder if this is something the coaches have tried to use to motivate guys. Um, they're purposely making the ticket prices significantly cheaper for people in L.A. than they are for people that are out of state or Cincinnati specifically. And, and by that, I mean a couple grand difference. Is that something that is, like, motivating you guys to know that they're trying to load that whole stadium up with just LA folks to try to keep your fans out? No, I mean, I think they're doing that just because I've heard so far, I mean, from multiple teams, I I heard the team, the opposing team travels way better than, you know, their home base does. Um, I mean, I don't don't think that would matter, though. 
Like, because for one, it's the Super Bowl. We haven't been here in how many years or whatever. So it's like, I don't think that will really stop people. I know people that, you know, don't have a problem with paying, you know, five grand plus just to go. And that's not even including, you know, stay and flights and all that stuff. So I think they're just trying to make, because we're considered a home team. Yeah, really but they are giving it, you the home locker rooms. What's up with that? It is, it is, I don't know. This is weird. I don't, I don't even pay attention to that shit. It's politics, but. Well, that's, that's the thing that annoys me, though, because it's like L.A. is there, right? They're there. Well, my they thing is, my there. thing is, look at, look at, look at the people they got on their team, though, too. You know what I'm saying? They got, like, more celebrity, like, yeah. players that are more out there and stuff like that, which I get. And they're, in, they're also in L.A., so, but it also, look at the market, you know, the Rams have compared to Cincy. So, it's just money. It's money. It's all about money, if you really think about it. Um that's all it ever is about. So it's like whatever's gonna bring in more dollars is what they're gonna, you know, try to have done. So seeing to me it's a business. That that's trash though for the fans. And I and I it's say that because they gotta they gotta fly all the way out there and pay for the state, plus they gotta pay more than people who are residents. Come on, man. Shit, I get taxed on these fucking tickets. No <laughs> much addition out. Damn. Dude. I don't get that. They they give you different pricing though as as a player versus a normal human. You yeah. don't have to tell us a number. You don't have to tell yeah. us a number. But it's, yeah, but well, you got to think, like, players are paying more than one ticket, too. So, we're yeah. regular people paying one or two, you know, so. We get hit a little different. <laughs> and then on top of that, we get taxed for playing there. So, they're, they're definitely collecting off of us. Well, Trey, I, I'm... Super hopeful. Again, I got 400 riding on this, so I'm super hopeful <laughs> that y'all win this, so I can have a little spending four, money. Four hundred thousand. Four hundred dollars. I ain't got four hundred thousand. Oh. I ain't like you, Q. Yeah. You're not gonna be like Mattress Mac. Four, yeah. four and a half. <laughs> I ain't got bread like Mattress Mac either. I'm trying to get there. I, I'm trying to catch up to all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but Trey, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on here with us and talk with us, man. We we appreciate your time. We're so excited for you, man. And, dude, for real, it's like my connection to the Vikings. So I'm really hoping you get it just so I can have some sort of pride because we've never done anything in this <laughs> franchise. So I do want to get your take, though, some more after the Super Bowl, after you, you're done relaxing, kind of get your, your take because, you know, the Vikings are, it hasn't officially been announced, but they hired a young coach. And I know you said that that helps with the connection to players. Um, Kevin O'Connell, who's the Rams OC. And um, I kind of want to know your vibe on, like, you know, Zimmer not being there. I know you said it wasn't a knock on him. It's just his style. He's old school. But then also kind of the, the front office. Like, there's a lot of things that are happening over here that I think if you were still with the organization, you would have liked it. So I'm curious to hear your takes on those after this down the road. Okay. If I you're willing to come one. back. I, I know once I know once Trey uh, win this bowl, he ain't gonna be able to tell him shit. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> nah. Not a, not not a. Well, man, thanks again. Cool. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, appreciate it, Trey.